From Relay FM, this is The Pen Addict, episode 168. This week's episode is brought to you by lynda.com, where you can instantly stream thousands of courses created by industry experts, and Pen Chalet, great deals on high-quality pens with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Mr. Sleepyhead, Brad Dowdy. <laughs> What's up, mate? Hey, Mr. Sleepyhead. Do you have one of those airplane landing? Uh, we need one of those airplane landing um, sounds. You know, it coming to a land. Someone running like, and then a car like screeching to a halt in a driveway, and then me running into the room. <laughs> it's like Miss. It's like Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean goes to D.C. It's like I feel like I'm one of those skits running in here. So, how long ago did you actually arrive home as we record this? <clears throat> I'm gonna say. Let's ballpark it at 2 p.m. Eastern. Okay, and it's what, so, 5 now? Yeah, 5.30. Yeah. Um, but in between then, I picked up my kids from school, so it's like I didn't come home and like chill. <laughs> so I got home at 2, went to pick up the kids at 2.30, got back about 3.30, 3.45, made a cup of coffee promptly. That promptly put me to sleep. I think I fell asleep sitting there for about 30 minutes. I made sure to set my alarm knowing that I was going to fall out, uh, set my alarm for 510. So I've actually been coherent here for about 30 minutes. Um, Why did the coffee send ready. you to sleep, by the way? I, I don't know. I was trying to get it to wake me up and I went. I fell straight out right after I drank the cup of coffee. I was snoring within five minutes. <laughs> my wife was making fun of me. It was pretty bad. That's how tired I am. And Jeff even took a uh, a picture. I didn't even realize till I got home. I was scrolling through some pictures. Jeff took a picture of me like falling out on the plane uh, yep. on the way home. I didn't notice that one until I was showing my wife some pictures from the uh, from DC this week, and I was like, "Hey, what's this one?" And it, oh, it's me on the way home, just zonked out. So we're going to talk a lot about uh, the pen show today, naturally. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. but oh, yeah. I do I do have some follow up items uh, that I want to talk about because believe it or not, be- just because uh, everybody's in DC, the pen world doesn't end. <laughs> you know, there is stuff yep. happening for those of us that couldn't make it, uh, and and I wanted to talk about some of that stuff with you. Okay, yeah, I'd like that because there's actually uh, uh the topics you've put in here are big time on my radar, so it'll uh, it'll be nice to talk about these and. Uh, do a little more research on them for next week. So the first thing, uh, this came across uh, my radar yesterday. Um, oh, no, it was a couple of days ago. Yeah, I think, it was ago. A, I think it was the day I left. Yeah, sure. actually, it might have been the day you left. I don't know why I thought it was yesterday. It was It was a few days ago. Um, Mark Newsom. Uh, Mark Newsom is a designer. Uh, and at the moment, one of the reasons this is very interesting and pertinent to me and Brad is he's actually working at Apple right now, um, and he's been working, it would seem, on the Apple Watch, and he's been doing some stuff with Johnny Ive. But he is very much a contractor, so he continues to do work outside, and he has designed a new pen for Mont Blanc called the M, the Mont Blanc M. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was unveiled uh, at on the 13th and it's currently on sale in Harrods until September when it goes on wide sale so Harrods is the department store in London um, and yeah and I believe it goes on wide sale in September uh, worldwide from then but it's it's in Harrods now and in September this year it goes on wide sale oh my so 
You've seen I, this thing, right? I yes, I saw the link. I went in. I was doing something. I, I think I was on the road, like tra- I don't. We might have been like in the the shuttle, like getting to the hotel or something, when this tweet came across, and I was struggling to kind of get a good look at the image. I absolutely one hundred percent guarantee you this will be my first Mont Blanc pen. This thing is beautiful. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm. It's absolute no brainer. It it's. It's stunning. It's really stunning. I mean, once we figured out the price, I mean, if it was going to be two grand or something, I mean, hell no. But um, what we what did we figure out the price was in the three hundred US dollars? What's it? What what was the final amount that we, well, we came up with? Well, um, our good friend and, and now a pen addict guest, the pen economist, mm-hmm. uh, tweeted at us to let us know that it was a price at three hundred and seventy five pounds in okay. Harrods. Now. This uh, again, uh, I don't fully know because this, this is a line of pens, gotcha. so I don't know if the fountain pen is three seventy five. That's true. Uh, they could start, yeah, if they have a whatever the entry level of that group is. Yeah. So Jonathan yeah, wasn't see. wasn't completely clear with that when when he said that, but the debut price is three seventy five. But did say he believes it may. Well, no, he said it may fall once released more widely. It may be at a higher price right now. Believe it or not, Mont Blanc on their website have nothing about this pen. It, color me not shocked at all. So I can't find. I can't even find any more pictures of it other than what's been released press wise. I can't find. I can't find any independent source for how much it actually is costing in Harrods. Uh, and I can't find any information about how much it's going to cost outside. But with how I feel about the way this pen looks, it's going to have to be really expensive for me not to buy one. So the conversion here, it's actually at the bottom of the article, and the price it gives is 585 Australian dollars. And that's for the gold nib, two-tone finish, rhodium ruthenium, Topped off by the inscription of MN. So this sounds like the fountain pen model. So that converts to 432 US dollars. If that's the case, I will be buying one of these. Yeah, same. Pretty here. much as soon as I can. So I don't know how much you've read. I don't know how much anybody's read, but it's beautiful. I can't, f- they, they try to explain it, but I can't fully understand what the utility purpose of the dip at the end is for. Yeah. Saying something about the way you hold it, but like mm. whatever, I don't care. It looks fantastic. But <laughs> it really does. I don't know if you've seen this, but you, there is a magnet in the cap which not only mm. keeps it shut, but perfectly aligns the clip to the Mont Blanc logo in the dip. Uh, yeah, that kind of stuff really. Uh, I, I really appreciate that kind of stuff because I'm I'm crazy about getting that kind of stuff lined up anyway. Mm-hmm. You know. So to have the manufacturer build that into the design is important. I mean, it's what they should be doing. Unfortunately, not all manufacturers do it right. But um, when, you know, Mark Newson and Montblanc get together, it, it's going to be tight. Um, and I'm glad it's not 1500 to $2,500 or more. Um, it's, it's a pen that, you know, only slightly crazy people can get into. <laughs> it's and what, not do you, cheap what do you think about stretch. the nib, the, the nib materials and stuff like that? Oh, it's beautiful. I mean, it it's gold. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. So yeah, I I have no issue with the design or pricing of this pen. Um, I would like to find some more information before it becomes widely available. Well, um, it who knows if it'll be available on Mont Blanc's website, but that's a uh, 
that's a challenge we all have right now, getting information, especially from a, a generally tight-lipped Mont Blanc, to be honest. I mean, they, you know, they won't even do... They're very tight on their retail channels, their supply and distribution channels. So um, getting any information out is is, is tough. So Yep. I but think yeah, they only even spoke about this because it went available it was available in Harrods on that day. Right. And the like the press release or the information and articles didn't come they don't this one didn't even come from a Mont Blanc source, right? Did it even Oh yeah, there is one interview from so I guess Design Boom, which is where we'll have the link in the show notes uh, too, they did have a sit down with uh, Mont Blanc about this pen. So there's some video and things like that you can get some information on. So Yeah, Newsom was also talking to some outlets on that day and this was part of it. So okay. he was doing some wider interviews right. um, and this was part of that. Um, so I want you to explain something to me quickly because they're saying it's a gold nib, right? Sure. With, um, where does it say this? Uh, and then it has a two-term finish of rhodium and ruthenium. Yeah, Can you explain so, to me the gold. I, I'm, I always get a bit confused by this. Sure, sure. It's basically it's basically plated a plated gold nib. The plating being the rhodium and ruthenium on on top of the gold underlying softness of the nib. That's how you're getting that silver look or that two-tone look. You know, that's what you see in something like. Um, you know, my Nakaya nib on my Nakaya portable, which I am looking around for it somewhere on this this mess of a bed. Um, it's, a, a, it's a rhodium plated gold nib. And you can actually tell because I got the nib ground and the underlying, like right on the very tip of the grinding, you can actually see the gold of the gold. So it's basically like a metal plating on top of the gold nib. Makes sense. So is that so you get a lot of the benefits of gold without it just bending? Right. Well, you get the softness of the gold. I don't know if ruthenium um, or rhodium can actually be made into a nib themselves. Someone smarter than me will have to answer that. But it's a gold-based nib, right? So you get all the properties of having a gold nib, and then you get a finish on top of that nib, which is your ruthenium and rhodium. So same thing goes for something like the Sailor Black Luster pen that I have, which this actually, the section in the nib remind me a lot of, right? So it's got that black, it's a gold nib, but it's black. You know, it's got that coating on it. Sure. Um, it's plated, I should say. I shouldn't say coating. But, but I assume that plating does something for, like, strength or something. Like, it must be doing something, right? Because why else would you cover it up? Uh, style. Oh, really, you think? Okay. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Absolutely style, because every th- all the other parts of this pen are silver or ruthenium, probably. Good point. Or rhodium. Point. So, yeah, they'll do it for style. Just like my Sailor, my Black Luster, I have it in my hands right now. Um, because I brought it to DC, but I never got it to into Lori's hands from Franklin Christoph, who wanted to borrow it, so I sent it to her. Everything like the nib is gold, um, but it's this complete, you know, gray like gunmetal looking plating um, that they use. But like if you took a saw and cut this nib in half, the underlying aspect of it is gold. It would show the yellow of the gold under there. Okay. So yeah, the naming of-, of this pen as well makes it incredibly difficult to google for yeah not surprising Hmm. so i i guess there'll be more when it it, when it comes out into the uh, normal population i'm very excited about it if it does i'm wondering how much i mean they don't talk about it being limited like i wonder how much of a production run they'll have i don't i don't know that this is if this is going to be something they have forever like a stock line pin or just something they're going to run for like six months probably through the christmas season 
Listen to this pen addict right here. So this is uh, in an interview that Newsom did with the Wall Street Journal. Mm. One thing I can't live without is an A4 size notebook. It's always hardcover and super generic. I can't stand spiral versions. The paper has got to be thick enough so the ink doesn't go through. I used to buy them from a shop called Papier Plus in Paris. I've got about 30 of them at home. I love fountain pens because they get used to you. The nib changes. They develop an angle according to your movement. That's why you should never lend your fountain pen to somebody else. Yeah. How awesome yeah. is that? That's great, yeah, that's right? That's pretty cool. I mean, it's, it's, it's essentially wrong, but it's pretty great. <laughs> well, I think he's, he's saying long term. Yeah, I know. I agree. I mean, there's some truth in the statement, but I, yeah, I, 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 yeah, you know where I, you know where I stand on, on that. I'll, I'll loan my pen to, to anyone. It's not going to change in the few moments that they're going to use my pen into, sure. into something different, into something, oh no, it's no longer me. You're not going to yeah. send me one of the Anakayas for six months, like, that's exactly because right. I'm going to ruin it. Yes. Yes, but handing my pen to someone and letting them try it is just not going to phase it at all unless they're, you know, like have those big green Hulk hands, you know, mm-hmm. where you can like punch people with and they try to like Hulk right. And, you know, that's that wouldn't go so well for my pen. But yeah, otherwise, it's pretty good. Next piece of follow up. I saw this today. Uh, I received an email from Baron Fig. Um, mm-hmm. It's part of their marketing email stuff. Uh, they are now doing custom notebooks for mm-hmm. brands. Mm hmm. And they have some pictures on their pages of some stuff that they've done for what looks like uh, Bloomberg, um, Nike, stuff like mm-hmm. that. So it seems like they're doing that they'll do anything, um, but it seems like they're mainly doing the look. What looks like I think the big hardcover, the confidant, um, yeah, and they seem the to be like one. putting things in there, like to to print on top. As on, I can see an Art Snacks logo in here. Mm. Cool. What do you think about Oh, that? I see it. Yeah, right on the bottom left. Yeah, no, I think that's cool. Um, and this has been out before, except they never talk about did it. this push. Yeah, right. they never talked about it. If you go to like their um their footer in their website, because I was when I was researching the workplay edition, you know, I was just bouncing through everything, you know, just you know, all their about me's and facts and things like that. They actually did have a um um the custom and bulk page was different than the marketing spiel that they have up there now, but they did offer this option um, earlier. Um, it just looks good. I mean, it's just flat out good looking notebook for, for companies like this and the, that have the design aesthetic that uh, someone like Baron fig has and the uh, uh, ability to, to crank these out. It's, it's pretty much a no brainer and they look fantastic. They look if you really give them out events and stuff like that, which is what a lot of this stuff is used for, um, mm-hmm. people are used, I think, Oh, it's a mall school. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. how it will go. Right. Because right. I'll go to pick it up and be like, Oh, what is this material? You know, it right. looks like what you expect, but it's more than that. And I think that's, yep. it's actually, a, I think a very smart way for them to do business. Cause like field notes, their custom stuff meets the design sector, right? Because it's yeah. kind of like you can make it the way you want and field notes are cool in design. But this feels way more like you could not only hit some of that market, but mm-hmm. also like the business world. Oh, um, yeah, totally. This is a very, I wouldn't be surprised if within a short space of time, uh, a big, big chunk of their profit is made up by doing this kind of work. I would imagine so. And just, you know, um, anecdotal conversation and evidence from field notes that's like a massive part of their business that you never hear a lick about you know wow until it goes to the field notes group (laughs) but you can tell that 
how often they're getting into that type of thing. And this format is going to do super well in, um, you know, more of official business type settings, if you will, you know, like, uh, you know, like professional conferences and training conferences and things like that. Well, as um, well for it, these ones, more than the field notes, I can imagine a company buying 10,000 of them and putting them in a storage closet. And that's what everybody yep. in the company uses. Yep. Yep. You know, easily, which I don't easily. know if you'd get for field notes as such. I, exactly. I, I feel like they're different. Yep. We're in agreement on that. Totally. Because the field notes feel like more of a gift where this could just be a stationary item. Yeah. But it's branded. So when you've got your people going to meetings and stuff, they've got the branded notebook. Right. Which right. always looks good, I think. Yeah. Especially if it's yeah. a good looking notebook. Yeah. I did, I saw on our flight home, I didn't, uh, you know, we're heading from DC to Atlanta today. I didn't see any like corporate branded like stationery, but I saw plenty of cor- corporate branded like bags and stuff. So it, it would fit into that. Like uh, a big group of the Chick-fil-A people were, you know, coming back into town. They're based out of Atlanta and, you know, like all their bags, you know, and, but it, like Levenger style looking bags and briefcases, right? Like super nice stuff. And with just a very tiny little, you know, logo on it. So something like this is perfect. Smart, smart move. Yep. Right. We're just basically wasting time now because everybody just wants to hear about the pen shows. Let me take a first break and we'll jump right in. This week's episode of The Pen Addict is brought to you by lynda.com, the online learning platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. For a free 10-day trial, visit lynda.com slash penaddict. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash penaddict. Lynda.com is for people that want to solve problems, people that are curious, or people who just want to make things happen. Maybe you want to master Excel, you want to learn the getting things done way of life and get things done. Uh, Maybe you want to learn how to bootstrap a business, you want to learn Photoshop, you want to learn the foundations of color, typography, negotiation tactics, how to build a website, um, how to use conversion rate optimization fundamentals. I don't know what they are. <laughs> Maybe you want to know what that is. You can go to lynda.com. Not only can you feed your curious mind, you can find out exactly what conversion rate optimization fundamentals are. I know what that is, actually. It's, it's about marketing stuff. So conversion rate optimization, if you're in sales, you need that sort of stuff. You want people to convert. This is the type of thing you can learn at lynda.com. You can watch and learn topics all taught by top experts, people who are passionate about teaching, who can help you learn. You can watch these videos that they create. They're already professionally made. You can stream them on demand um, on your laptop and you can follow along with the transcripts that they have on the web, right? So you can see what people are saying and you can follow along or you can search back later. But you can also watch these videos and download them as well to your Android and iOS devices with the Linda.com app, which they have. You can create and save playlists that you can watch wherever you want and you can even share these playlists with friends, family members or colleagues, team members as well. It's really useful with Linda.com. You can customize your own learning path and you can also share it with others so they can learn the same sort of stuff that you are. Your Linda.com membership will give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics for one flat rate. Whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're passionate about a hobby, or you just want to learn something new, I would love it if you would go and visit lynda.com slash penaddict. Not only will it be worthwhile for you, it's also going to help us out and help support this show. Thank you so much to Linda.com for helping today and for supporting us at Relay FM. As we are one year old this week. That's right. FM. Yay, happy birthday. Indeed. So it's our big, big year. I mean, it doesn't make a lick of difference for this show. Uh, 168 episodes, uh, three <laughs> different podcast networks. Nothing can stop this show. That's right. We're unstoppable. But uh, you're unstoppable as well, Mr. Hurley. So congratulations to you on the big, the big one. Thank you, buddy. And thank you for being the the 
one and only person who's, who's stuck with me for the longest. Yeah, you know? I don't know if that was such a good idea, but we're going to just go with it. <laughs> I mean, what am I going to do at this point? <laughs> Where else, who else is going to help me? For, how's that for a vote of confidence? <laughs> <laughs> I've got nowhere else to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it's it's been awesome. It's I, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you, right? I mean, it's there's... There's a reason I'm here, and there's a reason um, Relay is successful, and uh, I think we all know what the, it is at this point. Love you, man. Mm-hmm. Love you too, bud. Let's talk about the pen show. Well, I didn't love you this week. Yeah, well, Let I me had tell lots of you. love this week. I Let me tell mega you. Mega love. I have been just gutted. I have been so... Uh, seriously, I have been just so jealous and sad this week. <laughs> um, I kept talking to Adina about it and was like I feel worse having met the pen show than when I miss a bunch of tech conferences or whatever because Atlanta was the first time in like three or four years that I have felt like truly nerdy like the first mm-hmm. time that I went to WWDC, it was like, oh, wow, you know, I'm with these people and everybody's talking about the stuff that we love and like, I don't get this at home. But then it became normal because every time I go on these types of things, they're always about that and they're with a bunch of nerds that I love talking about Apple stuff. Mm-hmm. But the pen show was like, I'm getting this nowhere else. Like, this is completely unique to us being here together and I really wanted that back again. Um, and I had so much fun in Atlanta that I was just, I have been so jealous and felt really sad that I wasn't able to attend and there have been many times where I wished that I would have just done it anyway like mm. just and, and, I, and I then felt even worse because I could have done but I made the decision not to and I think I still made the right decision for the business sure because sure. I couldn't have taken the few days off like because it, you know you end up with all the time before and after but I really really wish I would have done it yeah, I, I wish you would have been there too, because uh, so many people were there. I mean, it was just, it was the who's who of our little world. Not to mention, and that doesn't count everyone, all the pen show people, right? Sure. Um, I told I when we got to the airport this morning, um, Jeff and I were waiting around for the flight. I, um, I made a list. It's like I, I'm going to list all the people that I just that I met this week that I kind of knew online like I had some idea you know of their Twitter handle or Instagram handle or you know kind of somehow knew them prior to the show that who ended up actually coming to the show I think I'm at my list ended at 56 names how do you remember all of that um well instagram was part of it i'd roll through like i did as many as i could off the top of my head then i started scrolling through pictures i was like yep 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 forgot them forgot them forgot them and like i said that's just people like you know pen bloggers instagrammers twitter followers what this doesn't count is the people who came up and said oh hey are you brad you know i love reading the blog i love listening to the podcast that was dozens and dozens of who knows how many people it was crazy the amount of people um, that were there that were involved in our little uh, community and um, it, it was it was pretty amazing and you know just like how in Atlanta everyone had that same feeling you know about the people that was the recurring theme here you know the people are what the you know memories you're gonna have for years and years and years not what pen or paper you bought or what nib grind you got done but who you met you know 
what you talked about after the show, you know, and the those connections you made on a more personal level than, you know, through these digital wires that were most on most of the day. So, um, it was, it was really, really cool. And I wish you were there. And a lot of people asked about you and, um, and, uh, they wished you were there too. So how, how is it different to Atlanta better and worse? It's enormously huge, huger than I could have pictured beforehand, just the size of the show, the show I'm talking about the show itself. Like Lisa Van Ness told me, you know, how many people were going to be there, how crowded it was going to be that I could picture. What I couldn't picture is like the physical space of the show, how many tables there were, how many vendors there were. I would say if you combined all the spaces at DC and there were three rooms that were all kind of connected in some way, like you could basically walk a circle. Like in Atlanta, you had one room, you walked out of a hallway into another room. These just had like a wide door into the next room. Um, and it just flowed like that. I would say size wise, five times bigger. And that's probably selling it a little short. It could be like seven times bigger if I really thought about it and, and really got some hangouts just in vendors. So extrapolate that into people attending the show. Right. Yeah. Um, so Thursday night when we showed up, I mean, we got there, we hit the hotel at like one in the afternoon and the whole atrium foyer area is just like set up with tables and free for all for any vendors who want to, you know, put out their wares on the table. No assigned tables, no official show. That sounds um, mad. Yeah, lots of vintage trading. So we didn't do anything but just kind of tool around these tables. There might have been 30 of those tables, something like that, of people just sitting out, really just chit-chatting and, and, and seeing what's going on. Friday was the first day of the official show, but only for those who bought the weekend trader pass, right? It, you had to have, buy the expensive pass, the $45 Friday, Saturday, Sunday passed to come to Friday. And that was a really good, busy, steady day. Like everyone who I knew was traveling to the show, you know, was if they didn't arrive Thursday night, um, came in on Friday. So you started to see a real heavy turnout on Friday. Saturday was straight up packed. That's the first public day where it's $7 to get in. The line was hundreds of people long to get through um, like the ticket counter to get into the show Friday. Is that whether you had a ticket or not? Or is that to get a ticket? To get a ticket. And right. then, yeah. So if you had a weekend trading pass, you could go through, you could go ahead and get in. Um, and then you could get in an hour early. But if you were just having your first day's pass was the Saturday day, you had to wait in this line. They, the people I talked to who were like wowing at the line, they, I don't think it took them more than like 30 minutes to get from the back to the front. But still, that's pretty shocking, all things considered, yeah, right? It's a pen show. <laughs> it's a pen show. Um, and then that was the first day we actually worked the table with Lisa, Lisa Van Ness, and uh, the rest of her staff. And we didn't hardly leave the table all day. It was from open to close. It was straight up packed. And which is good. I mean, that's what it's... That's what it was going to be. That's what it was supposed to be. And then Sunday, I think, was actually quieter than I thought it would be. I think it was um, – I thought there would be like a rush in the afternoon, which kind of, you know, Sunday mornings are always, you know, pretty quiet. You get a little buzz in the afternoon, and then it dies down completely. It didn't really pick up much. It was quiet in the morning, didn't pick up much in the afternoon, and then we started packing up at 3. 
you know, we were still selling probably till four, four thirty, but you know, we started breaking down things and, uh, packing up inks, um, starting about three, three thirty. So it was really, really winding down by then, but still so much was going on. Um, but that was a day I was able to get around and talk like Friday and Sunday. I got around and talked to a bunch of people and, you know, did my shopping, things like that. And Saturday was just straight up insanity sales day. So, um, that's the biggest way it was different. Just the overall size, capacity, quantity of everything. Um, as far as what's better or worse, I, I mean, it was all good. I mean, like, I don't know that there was any negatives, like pin show wise, um, either in Atlanta or, um, DC. Well, I mean, no, it's like, cause I'm thinking, is the size a negative in any way? If I didn't, if I wasn't working, it wouldn't have been, but I still never saw every table for the whole show. Sure. I didn't get, I, I, if I had, I maybe saw half the tables at the show. Right. But if I had like a weekend trader pass Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I would be totally fine with the size of the show. I wouldn't have right, had okay. an issue. Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't have complained saying, oh my God, it's too big and too crowded. So I, I wouldn't have had a problem with that. So you had a meetup. There was a like an officially sanctioned meetup, right? Officially sanctioned Panatic meetup on Friday night, 7 p.m. We got, um, we were supposed to have a larger room um, initially, but it was set up with in like a chair row style. So like if someone was up front, like it was set up for the following night's auction, right? So someone was up on a stage at a, at a lectern and then there were just rows of chairs facing that person, right? Um, and that was a big room, but it had like no tables. We wanted to have like tables for, for people to have, you know, pens, paper out. It's just a more, a more casual setting that way. You know, having those rows of chairs is just weird and it's not good for mingling. So we got shifted to a smaller room that was better set up for us, um, style wise with the tables and chairs. But what ended up happening is it became a sauna in there really, really quickly. It was packed like Hmm. We were definitely over the fire code, I think. The fire code for that room was 50. I think we were at least at 50, you know, probably in that 50 to 60 range at the peak. And unfortunately, we didn't have, like, the air conditioner. We didn't prep the hotel that we had moved the room and can engineering switch the air conditioning to, like, Arctic level um, to handle the mass quantity influx of people. And it was really nice. Everyone didn't complain. They... I made jokes about it. Other people made jokes about it. It was pretty funny. Um, but we, and it, it purposefully didn't last long. Um, it wasn't going to be like an all night type of meetup thing. We ordered pizza. Um, there was a happy hour that the show sponsored out in the lobby from six to seven. And then our meetup ran from like seven to eight. And by eight, everyone was, you know, had gotten to eat. We gave out some door prizes. Um, uh, some really cool stuff. You should have been there, Mike. It was pretty like, cool. Like what? Um, so we had uh, like um, one of our Notco Brass Towns, one of our Notco Half Tower prototypes. Uh, Lisa Van S. My favorite thing uh, that she gave away for she engraved a Pilot Oroshizuku Shinkai bottle. Um, she like engraved the sticker on the box for like and said like 2015. Pen Attic Meetup DC Pen Show, and then engraved the gla- the backside of the glass bottle with like the same thing. It's like Pen Attic 2015 DC Pen Attic Meetup. Oh man, it's, it's pretty sweet. I'll get you a picture of it. Uh, uh, Dan Don, who who's in our Slack channel, 
won that and he's posted a picture of it online. I'll get to, I'll send it to you to look at because it's really cool. And then she did some uh, Rodeo Webbies um, where she engraved the same stuff on the front of the notebooks on the front cover. Um, that was really cool. Um, uh, Bert Oser from Bertram's Inkwell donated a pen that we gave away. So it, it was we we had a really really good turnout and some really good gifts and just some good mingling and uh, and we got it over with uh, got everything done in efficiently in an hour <laughs> because we were just all sweating like a mother the entire time. So I, f- I felt a little bit bad for that, but everyone was super nice. We were all equally as stinky, so it just worked Excellent. out. <laughs> all right i still want to know what it was like to sell i want to get a bit more about that but obviously more importantly i want to know what you bought okay uh but i would like to take a break thank our yes, second sponsor yes. this week sure. that is our friends over at pen chalet you know pen chalet they sell authentic amazing rollerballs fountain pens ballpoints mechanical pencils and so much more from all of your favorite brands like pelican lamy pilot monteverde namiki sailor caveco and they are of course an authorized dealer of all of them and they're adding new stuff from these brands and more all the time they have special discounts twice a month they have specials every two weeks as well for closeout deals and they're always making sure that they're keeping you stocked with other types of stuff as well related things like pen holders refills converters and so much more they have very fast and reliable customer service with free shipping on orders over 50 dollars in the continental united states but they also sell internationally with very reasonable shipping rates and don't forget pen chalet has a 100 percent satisfaction guarantee as well as their low prices on high quality stuff you can go to penchalet.com and you can use the code penaddict to save 10 percent off anything that you will find over at pen chalet but don't forget as always you should click the podcast link at the top of the website and use the code penaddict for even more savings as well as your 10 percent off and brad has seen the offer this week <laughs> we are, we are offering the uh, you know Penchel AR and are going to be offering this week the Caveco Brass Sport Fountain Pen. They have a limited number of extra fine, along with some fine and medium nibs. So if you want this one, you've got to get in quick because Ron has told me that they have they have some available. Right? They haven't <laughs> got a ton. They have a limited amount. They. Ron is going to give 15% off this pen. Then when you add on your 10% coupon, you will be able to pick yourself up a Caveco Brass Sport Fountain Pen for $76.50 American. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Like, as we do recently with the pen chalet stuff, I don't look at it. Mike doesn't tell me what it is beforehand. Um, so I'm, I'm typing in the codes and stuff and clicking the link while while he's reading it. And uh, I, I couldn't help but giggle when I was when I was looking at that, because it's like I get back from the pen show. Right. I've spent all this gobs of money. It's like, how am I going to go? Well, you know, what's going to entice me to go buy something else? And I haven't been a, a bunch of people have been raving about this pen. And I've got, you know, I've got a good amount of AL sports, which I enjoy. And I enjoy the Lilliput as well. You know, I probably got five of those, um, you know, between different models. And the brass board I've been holding off on, but I've um, there was a couple people at the show this weekend that had them, and I asked them to, can I borrow it for a second? Can I hold it and feel how it looks like? It's nowhere near as heavy as I thought it would be. It's of course substantial. It's he- it's a heavy pen comparatively, especially to the classic or the skyline. Skyline, I think, is what they're calling the 
the different color classics. And it's definitely heavier than, heavier than the uh, AL sports, but it's by no means like a, a big hunk of brass that you're riding with. It's balanced well. It feels great. The patina on the gentleman's that I used was awesome. He had a clip on his. Um, he had it, you know, in his shirt pocket with a uh, with a different uh, Caveco model that he he's saying was only available in Europe. So that's a steal, steal of a deal for seventy six fifty. And uh, is that free shipping on top of that? Yeah, of course. Cool. So get fifty trouble. bucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah so free that's, shipping. That, that's just as my friend uh, and partner Jeffrey Bruckwicky would say. That's just stupid. <laughs> that's what we love about Pen Chalet. They're always giving great deals for you. Thank you so much to Pen Chalet for sponsoring this week. Man, that's cool. It's a great deal. So, what was it like to sell? Uh, because, uh, actually, I'll come back to this part. Were <laughs> you personally busier than Atlanta? The show was obviously busier, but were you busier? Yeah. Yeah. yeah? I Probably. <sighs> probably. Because, Were you mentally busier though? Yeah, but mentally busier. Yeah, yeah, not like you know work. So Saturday was the big sales day, so I was really like I was you know had my Vanessa pins hat on and and I was slinging as much ink as possible. So that part of selling was super busy. You know, that's just, you know, what comes with working a table at one of these things. So, you know, we're selling ink and answering questions and and helping customers out. Sunday was mostly my meeting meeting day. You know, I had to meet certain people that, um, you know, I want to do things with in the future. Some people that I haven't met before, um, kind of, a huge kind of a networking day for me on Sunday. Um, Saturday was, I mean, excuse me, Friday was not a busy day for me. We were just mostly taking in the show and meeting people um, who would come to the show. And then around like meetup time, um, you know, I got busy because I was kind of leading that charge. But I I was equally as tired every night, so it must have been equally as busy. But yes, a lot of it is mental busyness, right? You just wear yourself out. My throat is shot. My voice probably sounds different um, a little bit. Um, it feels better than it has in days. Every night I would just go to bed with just a, my throat just throbbing sore. Um, and there's nothing mm-hmm. really you can do to fix that. But um, yeah, just the selling overall was really good um friday we did have we were able to put out um some knock stuff for a while in the afternoon this is is what i was gonna ask you i thought you weren't (laughs) selling anything right we weren't but we told people we'd bring whatever we could carry on the plane so jeff took a backpack and like compressed like all our cases so we could fit as much stuff as we could um into the backpack and uh so we sold we sold a bunch on uh, a bunch on friday um, a couple little things on Saturday because we were too busy with Vanessa. If someone came up to us and asked something, we'd, we'd, we'd sell them something. Um, and then Friday we had whatever we had remaining. We went back. I don't know the number of cases we came with, but we came back with only, um, the fodder stacks because we couldn't sell them because we didn't have index cards to show people how they worked. Right. We didn't take much paper. Sure. So I, as far as busyness overall, it was pretty darn close, even though I felt like, in Atlanta, in Atlanta, I had more after-hours responsibilities. 
in DC, I just pretty much had daytime activity responsibilities, you know, like at night, you know, we just, okay, let's go walk across the street and grab dinner. You know, I didn't have a podcast to record, you know, or, or I didn't have an event to put on at knock, you know, things like that. So I was probably busier, um, in Atlanta, but I was exhausted every night, um, at DC. I mean, we closed down the bar, I think the first three nights we were there. So, which was about 1am. So I was just, I mean, I was wearing myself out, but it was, it was good because I mean, I felt like if I left, like if I left the bar at night, I couldn't, uh, I was going to miss something fun. But, sure. uh, last night it really quieted down. I mean, last night I was in bed by nine thirty. So. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk about your haul. All right. So I've got an Instagram photo here. Okay. Can you talk me through what's going on? Yeah, so let's let's take it day by day here. I won't go through the, the photo itself because I'm going to break this out. But just in general, this photo that we'll have in the show notes, that was like the bag of loot that I came back with the show from the show. And you can't really see all everything, especially the pins. You can't see the, spin, the pins themselves. I don't have them laid out. So let's talk about, let's take this day by day and that'll be the easiest thing. So Friday I knew was going to be my day to shop. Okay, so... That was where I was going to walk around, check out the vendors that I really wanted to see, check out anything. I don't know. I, did, I didn't I did go in with a list. There was nothing particular. I just kept telling everyone I was looking for vintage pilot stuff because I knew I should be able to find it here. I didn't know for a fact that I would be able to, but I, my assumption was that I would be able to. And within the first 30 minutes, I'm in the showroom, you know, I'm finding like those types of things that I'm wanting to see. So that I'm like, Hey, this is a good sign, you know, but I didn't jump right into buying anything. I saw like, there was like at least two pins. There was some Murex, some pilot elites, you know, with like the lattice work done on them. Um, you know, there was a pile of Murex in red that my friend, uh, Susan just ordered, you know, there was some cool things you don't get to see every day. Mm-hmm. But I didn't just jump it like, I mean, I've been there 30 minutes. I'm not going to jump at the first thing I see. Except. <laughs> yeah, I saw, I think I know what you're going to talk about. I think I saw it on Periscope. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. My good friends at Bungbox. That's where I knew I was going to spend my money. Like, Oh, no, I didn't see this. Yeah, yeah. That was the first thing I did. And it just so happened on Friday, you know, we were hanging out around, um, the Van Espen's table and we had our knock stuff out and Jeff and I were taking turns kind of walking around the show, but, um, bung box set up around about 20 feet away from us. So I was like, okay, well, let me get them, let them get set up. And then I'm going to go over and get, see what they have and get what I want. Cause I know a couple things that they're going to bring. Um, and every time I turned around their tables, like three deep, you know, they just have like one eight foot table. Um, that's really only about three quarters full with stuff. And, you know, paper, ink, and pens, and then a bunch of their, like, um, fabric type type goods. You know, they have pen cases and uh, different cloths and and pen trays and things like this. So I finally get my opening. They, I go over there, and they have the pen that I've been spying on their website for, I don't know, ever since it came out. It's been months, which is a Pilot uh, Custom 91 in blue, which is made by Pilot just for them. That's the sleeve of the box. Like I said, mm-hmm. you're going to hear a bunch of racket. So I'm already a big fan of the Pilot Custom Heritage 91 line. I have two of them already. It's actually Pilot's kind of entry-level gold nib pen. But what this one is, is in a color, a 
resin barrel color only made for bung box um with you know special writing on the on the cap um it's kind of got this glittery like if you look at it not in the light it just looks like a blue and silver pin if you put it in the light it sparkles so it's just a it's a bung box limited edition made by pilot uh the nib is super cool they did a nib grind of bung box logo um on there Hmm. and oh and carrie was there carrie from fountain pen was dave was there just chalking in the chat room the exact thing i'm just saying i'll, I'll get a good picture of the nib etch etching to put on there so i knew if they had that pen i was getting that pen so that was easy and i bought that and i also bought one of their pen wraps um i don't I'll, I'll have to find more information about this cloth when i uh when I when I post about it, but um, it's just this really beautiful Japanese cloth that um, I've also seen on their website for ages and ages. That um, that I'll have to get uh, more information on, but it's a real neat pen wrap. And then I got a pen tray, which is something. It's basically like a, a plastic tray you would just put on your counter, like a, a what a men like a men called a like a valet, right? Do you know what I mean, mm -hmm. Mike? When I say that, mm -hmm. so it's just like a tray, but it's got a little ridge in the middle. So you can put like two or three pins in it and they can just sit in there and not get scratched because this whole tray is wrapped in this same type of linen is that cotton, this, cotton fabric. This little blue guy on the picture right in the middle. Uh, yes. Yeah. It's like a rectangular tray, pinstripe yeah. tray. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what that is. Um, so, you know, so you just put that on your desk and you can rest your pins in there if you need, you know, like if you need them not to roll away. And then I also bought the... Um, uh, Bung Box Tangerine ink, which is an orange ink that I had been wanting to try for a while. See how it compares to the beloved Sailor Apricot, and I have to say it's pretty close so far in the 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 trials and tests that I have uh, been doing. So, I mean, right out the gate, I spent like a huge chunk at Bunch Bung Box, and um, they were yeah, funny. they did good out of you, man. Yeah, yeah. So, and they they were real happy. And it was funny. I went, I left the t left the table, and um you know, went and carried my purchase over and put it in my backpack or something. I might have even taken it to the room. And uh, I came back down and they were like waving me back over and they wanted to get there. They have like a gift with purchase over a hundred dollars, which I didn't know, didn't see the sign. So they wanted to give me that. And it's a uh, pilot plumix with, uh, um, you know, the, they have the extra, you have, I always tell people to, you know, buy the plumix if you wanted a Japanese EF nib for your metropolitan or your prayer or something like that. But it's got the, uh, the bung box logo on it. And uh, they were excited to give it to me. And they were like, which color do you want? And, you know, they had the black and the clear one. And it was funny. Uh, Kaolu, the um, owner of Bung Box, um, she didn't speak hardly any English, but she had a translator there. And um, they were funny. They handed me the pen. They're like, oh, you take this. It's like, you take lots of good pictures. <laughs> it, was, it was funny because we communicate mostly on Instagram. So they see my pictures on Instagram. So they'll know I'll take a good picture of their bung box stuff. So I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was kind of cute and kind of funny. So I got, I got a big kick out of that. So that, that was really sweet of them. Um, Why that did was they my, go? Um, just because, just because it's a massive show. They wanted to, I guess it was their second show. I think they were in LA earlier right, this okay. year. Um, because obviously, like you know, Lisa has a lot of their stuff, right? But right. I guess they just wanted to be there themselves, and they obviously right. didn't didn't go to the lengths that she went to table size. 
Right. And they're just, they, they have just gotten a huge following, you know, and it's all yeah. like through social media type sure, stuff, you sure. know, especially uh, with them, with Instagram. So they have this huge following now. So I, I guess they made the, the decision that it would be worth it and they didn't ship anything. Um, they just brought, they packed an entire suitcase, like a full size suitcase full of ink and oh, it dear. made it, it made it safe and sound and didn't get oh. them in, tr- it didn't get uh TSA or <laughs> anything God. like that. And, uh, it went back empty. So, um, yeah, that's that, crazy, they made a good, Dan. they made a good call. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe they did that. The distance yep. that had to go. Yep. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, whatever. Whatever floats yeah. your boat. Whatever floats your boat. So I didn't... I'm trying to think if there's anything else I bought on Friday. I'm trying to think if I bought my second pin. Wow, it's I'm already forgetting what day. Yeah, I bought my second pin on Saturday. So that was my only purchase on Friday was the bung box goods. Um, I had a couple swaps. I, had, I swapped a pin with um, Lori at uh, Franklin Christoph, my Amber Model 20. Um, they wanted to give me a replacement on that because I had a cap designed for a clip. So it had a gap in it, you know, right. like a cutout for the clip. So they just swapped that out for me. You know, like I did that on Friday. Um, so I have a new one of those in hand right here. Um, so I think that was it for, for, for Friday. Saturday, we didn't get out very much like I was telling you. Um, but I did make a couple stops and the biggest one was a table that was really only about God, 50 feet away from us. It was a guy, I don't know how much I've talked about him on the show, but his name's Bryant. He's with Chatterley, Chatterley Luxuries. And anyone that's into like serious pens knows who Bryant with Chatterley Luxuries is. He has great pens at great prices and a lot of hard to find stuff, um, you know, but mostly like high end stuff, right? And um, he does like a lot of Visconti and, you know, a lot of Danny Trio and I don't know, all, all these big name brands. <clears throat> yeah, Bryant, Bryant. So not another Brian. <laughs> Bryant. But just wait, you're going to get confused as I tell this story, <laughs> Mrs. Soup. Um, so he had this pen on his trays. He has a great display at the show, just beautiful stuff. And it's this solid orange pen, just completely orange, no clip, no embellishments, no gold, no silver, no nothing. And I'm looking at it closer, and it looks, it's the shape of a, I'm saying, this is kind of Nakaya-ish looking, but I didn't think it was a Nakaya just by the the color. And I pick it up, and it's an Edison Pearl. Well, the Edison Pearl is made after the Nakaya Piccolo, which I know, because I, I have a Pearl, I have a Piccolo. They're very, um, you know, they're very similar in shape, size, and feel. So I pick it up, uh, the solid orange pen, and I'm... So you kind of hear that, right? That's me unscrewing the cap. And I'm like, this is really weird. Like I can see this um, kind of pattern, underlying pattern in the material of the pin barrel. And I, I have no idea what it is. Um, it's it's really interesting. I did this a lot this weekend. It's kind of feels almost ceramic-y. Like when you, when you hit it together. So I start asking Bryant about it. And I was like, tell me about this pen. And he's like, you know, it's an Edison Pearl that Brian from Edison Penco made for me. Um, I bought this material. The material is called G10. And I've never heard of G10. And basically, in in the short version of what G10 is, it's 
a fiberglass composite, essentially epoxy fiberglass and super compressed at, you know, super massive weights. It's mostly known for like knife handles. Like it's a, it's a very durable, strong material. It's in the same category, Mike, as like the Macarta, right? It's got that fibrous, um, inlay, um, inlaid, you know, like within the material. So that's where this pattern that I'm seeing in the barrel is coming from. And like when I, when I take closer up pictures, you'll see the threading doesn't look as clean as the barrel because you can see those fibers in between there. And the same thing with a micarta pen, right? When you're looking at the threading on it. So I was like, okay, you know, I got, I got Bryant's side of things. So let me, go talk to Brian Gray because he, the Edison pen co is there. So let me, so obviously Brian made the pen. Let me go talk to him about it. So I go talk and he's like, yeah. So Brian asked me to do this. He bought several rods of G10 and um, rods of orange rods of black. I made two pens. I made one orange one, one black one. I wanted to see what it was like to work with that material. Cause like our, our friend Dan Bishop in the chat room saying it's hell on the tooling, right? It is not uh, a material that your drills are going to slice right through or your saws or anything cutting uh, or finishing this material. It's, it's really, you know, like cutting it and manipulating it is a huge challenge. So Bryant wanted Brian to try this. And after I talked to Brian at Edison, I was like, okay, I was pretty happy with you know, what he was saying about the pen and, you know, how it came to be. And, you know, I asked him a lot about the construction since he hasn't done, you know, anything but two of these on it. And, um, and you know, how he thought, and he, he was like, you know, I think it's great. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's probably the most durable pen you'll ever own. Um, the material is never going to do anything, but you do have to be careful of it. Like a Macarta pen, you don't want to dip the section in ink, you know, because it could stain it or you don't want the, um, pen bouncing around and ink splashing around inside the cap. It could stain it, that kind of thing. So you just have, you do have to be a little bit more aware with the pen. So I went back to Bryant Look, asked him the price, and it's this one is, has a um, eighteen karat uh, gold nib on it, which is my first Edison gold nib, and um, asked him the price, and I was like, okay, let me think about it, and I walked away, and I just kept, it's you know, you just kind of get, you know, enamored with a pen, and you keep going back and look at it, and you know, about the third time you've gone back by and and looked at it, you know, it's coming home with you, so it did. I purchased it. Um, it's the only uh, orange G10 pearl in existence. He made the orange one and a black one. Um, I was showing it off the rest of the day. You know, my my teeth, you know, I had like that little glow on my teeth from my smile so big for the purchase. Um, you know, I am very happy with the pen. I love the pen. And I was showing it off and told someone, um, you know, said there, were, there was a black one still over there. There's a gentleman named Jim. Um, and he went over and bought the black one, (laughs) like an hour or 30 minutes after I bought mine. Um, so this, this was, uh, easily my favorite, uh, purchase of the show. I can tell it Um, wasn't cheap though. Yeah, it was, I'll I'll tell you, it was $400. Okay. So for a a custom, a custom pearl with a gold nib, I think is at least in the three something. So it's in the ballpark and for such a different material 
and for a color that you know I obviously love and for it to be a one of a kind type pin so far not that they won't make more of them um yeah it's just not something you're going to see every day which is why it's cool to go a, a pin show otherwise I would have never ended up with this pin mm-hmm. so I thought uh, I thought 400 was pretty good uh in the end and both the black one and the orange one uh were 400 and uh Jim picked his up and um so uh we were we were showing him off the rest of the show but just because when you when you get this pin in your hand, it's a really different feeling, and um, it's really unique. Um, and I'll, I'll, this is a pin I'll definitely be showing off to a lot of people, just because it's so different than anything else that I own. Anything so, else? Yeah, I got... Um... <laughs> you went pretty mad on this one, like more than I thought you'd buy. Well, so I thought I was kind of done there. I knew I was going to get a couple of Twisby uh, Ecos. Because I just wanted them to play with. So I picked up two of them from Anderson Pens. I bought a white one. Let's see, what do we got? A white one in medium nib and a black one in an extra fine nib. Right. Um, So I wanted one to just kind of use and I wanted one to tear apart and play with and see what other kind of nibs I can jam in there and things like that. So that was easy. I I picked that up. Um, I also got... A second bottle of Bunk Box ink. Um, Lisa Van S held me a box of the 4B, which is one of my favorite inks, and it's not the easiest to get. And you know, I don't know if they're going to keep making it or not. I had a special surprise awaiting for me at the Anderson Pens table, though. Mike, did you hear about this? Uh, I don't think so. Probably not. Um, so Lisa told me to stop by. Someone had made a purchase online for me said oh. to bring it to the show and give it to me and it's a bottle of Montblanc Irish Green from our recent podcast guest Dr. Jonathan Deans. Oh, look at that guy. Gifted me the Montblanc Montblanc Irish Green. So how cool was that? I did see the the Montblanc on your Instagram feed. Yep. That was from him. So he ordered that through the Andersons with a note to hold it and bring it to the pen show uh for Brad. So I really appreciate that uh Jonathan. That that was pretty cool. Um, so we're wrapping up on Sunday and I'm, I'm over there <laughs> at the Ecos and at the Andersons looking at the Ecos and I'm, they have some killer sailor pins, uh, right now they've gotten, uh, they've done, done really well with, uh, their sailor stock here recently. And that, I don't know, their stock as a whole, um, just went, was, Super good. I there were several pins that I could, I could have bought from there, and I started. I looked at some Omos pins earlier back at the Kenro table, and I'm just learning about Omos and you know what type of materials they come in, what type of nibs they have, you know, you know how good quality they are and things like that. So I was Jeff was walking around with me, so I was going through them at the Anderson table, kind of you know reinforcing in myself what I had learned by teaching it to Jeff, right? So as I'm doing this, you know, one of the Omoses that I've always enjoyed, um, but, but in looking at in pictures, but never owned is, um, boy, where's the box? I can't even think of the name of it right now. Oh, I'm blanking, but it's this orange, it's this orange Omos barrel. See, there was definitely an orange, orange theme. It's a clear orange one. They, uh, they made last year. It's a limited edition and I'm going to have to look it up because I am mentally fried right now. Uh, so let me get this model for you. <laughs> <You've been laughs> but a long, anyway, long twenty-four so, hours, huh? Yeah. So I, uh, so I had this. Uh, it's the yeah, it's the limited edition 
oh, I'm going to butcher this name. It's Ogiva or Ogiva Vintage Alba 2014 Orange Translucent. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll finalize the name <laughs> when I put it in there. That's the name. It's a uh, Ogiva Vintage Alba. So it- Italian brand. Um, so Italian name. And I never knew when they came out with this color, it was orange, purple, and kind of a turquoisey bluish green. And they all look really, really pretty. And when the reviews came out of them, they were all really stunning. And I just never ordered one. You know, it's an expensive pen and just didn't, uh, you know, you can't buy everything, right? So now next year they're coming out and they already had them at the show at the Kenro distributor. Um, the next year's colors are yellow, red, and blue. Okay, so um, they shift out these colors once a year and three out three new colors in this is the only orange one that i had seen um they're not making it anymore and it had a fine extra flexible nib so it's like a soft very soft writing a little give on the nib um brand say that, new say that nib name again they call it extra flexible it, it's okay. spelled exactly as it sounds f-l-e-s-s-i-b-l L-E, I think. Okay. It might even be flexibile. It might even have an extra I there. Oh, flexibile. Yeah, so yeah, I, I, I like can't that. see it. I can't see it. So um, I, I got it. Uh, who's asking me this? Uh, Dan Don. Did I get it through the site? Uh, oh, he's talking about something else. He, say, he says he has a purple one in the same same pen. Um, I hope I hope Dan Don likes it because I have not inked this up yet because it was kind of a last minute thing I bought on Saturday. I actually... I walked away from it at first. I was like, I've spent enough money. And um, so I walked away from it knowing, well, you know, if I really want that pen, I can get one of the uh, other colors, yellow, blue, red, because they're equally as pretty. Um, But it is orange. And so Jeff and I started talking about it. And he's like, just go get the freaking pen. He's like, you know what? Just give me give me the money and I'll go get it for you. And I'm like, fine. Yeah, just go get it. And he was gonna get he was gonna pick up something else while he was there. So I felt good. Well, he's gonna buy something. So I'm gonna buy well, we'll both buy something together, right? So then he just comes back with my pen. I'm like, what are you doing? This is not this is not the plan. <laughs> this is not how it's supposed to go. I'm not supposed to end up with a pen and you end up with nothing. And uh He's like, oh yeah, I ended up really not wanting that, but he ended up finding a um, another sailor pen of of his own that um, he re- he really really liked. He did a good job. He got a special edition sailor bung box pen. It's called the Soleil, and it's this yellow piston filler that's just completely killer looking. So um, we both ended up with a, a sweet pen at the end of the day on Sunday, and uh, that kind of wrapped the show. And and what's funny is those are the things I bought. I ended up with so many, so much other stuff that people brought to give me, you know, like ink samples, notebooks. Uh, I'm looking around here. What did I get? I got several. I got like th- one, two, three, four, five separate notebooks that people brought me. Two of them were handmade, um, like um, Amanda at Sight of the Sea and uh, Tanya at Merber Draws, both on um, on Instagram. They brought these killer notebooks that have several different papers like interlaced within the binding of the notebook right so it's got like a tomoe river and onion skin and it's different graphs and different rulings um through the thing you know it's just something they put together and then funnily enough at prairie knots um on twitter 
came by with the same thing. It's called the paper tester edition. And what she did is has, you know, pay uh, type one through eight. It's got 32 pound copy paper, 20 pound copy of paper, rhodiograph, rhodia blank, rhodia dot, Tomoe River cream, Tomoe River white, Clairefontaine line, all bound in one, sil- one uh, simple notebook. So you can test your one pen on all these different paper types. How cool is that? That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, and Tanya and Amanda also gave out uh, M&Ms with DC Pen Show and these little uh, fountain huh. pen nibs on it, so that was pretty sweet. They definitely hooked a lot of us up with that stuff. And I've got more stuff. I know I'm forgetting stuff. Um, Lay Reyes gave me a notebook. Um, I got some backpack journals, um, which are the, uh, also a Tomoe River paper journal. So I'll be going through this. Oh, I got something really cool, a non-pen-related item. I did meet – I met two-thirds of the Erasable crew, Mike. So Tim – Tim Wassum and Johnny Gamber there. I know we're running like super long now on the podcast, but um, they were both there. Wonderful guys yeah. to meet. Um, Johnny kept threatening to, you know, blow up the entire room. He's like a hardcore, you know, pencil guy, right? He's like, yeah, I think he was breaking out in hives or something. He was going <laughs> to being around all these pins, but uh, Tim handled it pretty well. And uh, Tim brought me a gift. He brought me one of the Coom Masterpiece um, sharpeners that we we talked about one. I don't know if we ever called it by name, but it was something I'd been tracking them discuss. Um, a, a reader, a listener of theirs from Germany. I think it was Germany or somewhere in Europe, sent them over a handful, um, one for each of them. Cause just, they're not very easy to obtain. And it's this little, um, you know, solid aluminum, uh, hand sharpener. It's very small, but it's very fine and precise. And it's like one of the best sharpeners you can get. It's just not easily available. So that was a cool, pleasant surprise. So, Oh, so talking like this, we just did for what? A little over an hour. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, in Atlanta, you do this for what? 14 hours straight, 16 hours straight. However long you're awake, this is what it's like. So my voice was totally shot. I mean, just by Friday night, I had to do like a big, big yell to get everyone's attention in the, uh, in the conference room to do the, uh, to do the door prizes and my voice broke like immediately i went hey. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone and that got everyone stopping because everyone just started dying laughing <laughs> i can hilarious. really imagine you doing that like <laughs> i feel like i've already i've already heard you do that before yeah whether you happens. have or you haven't it just sounds like something that you would do well, That's yeah, fantastic. I'm, I'm going 100 miles an hour at these shows, right? So I never stop talking because I'm meeting so many people and um, and just want to talk and give hugs and shake hands and see how you're doing and how's the show's going. And, you know, it's you, you've had this experience. I'm glad you've had this experience once. This was a lot of others listeners first time doing this and i think the experience overall was identical to atlanta and by that i mean it was a lifetime highlight type of experience right it was it was all the people we didn't even get to the bar scene after the show um i will say one thing about that every night it was packed after the show um and their bar so you were talking about the good and the bad uh, or different, better, and worse between Atlanta and DC. DC has the way better bar, so I will Atlanta's give it up to bar DC was terrible. for that. Yeah, so it was not set up good for this many people. DC's was 
So not only did they have tons of tables and chairs spread out everywhere, they had one gigantic table across the middle, which everyone flocked to. That was always the first table hit up because it was long. You know, they had one long table in Atlanta that was on like higher, like bar height chairs. So they had that table to ground level chairs about three times as long. So it would hold like, 12 or 14 or more people, 16 people around that table. And then we would just kind of um, spread out out from there and all these different tables and chairs. The bar was a great setup for an event like this for people who are bringing things to the bar, like pens and paper for other people to uh, to to play around with. So um, between the the bar being better and the periscoping uh, going on, those were the two new those were the two, the two big hot things uh, at this show that we didn't have at Atlanta. So. I'll have to work on my Periscope game. Brian Goulet was uh, trouncing us all, but uh, I'm going to work on it myself and, uh, you know, see if I can get up there with him. So what do you think next year then? Uh, do you think that you're going to do – well, uh, naturally you're going to do Atlanta. That would be dumb not to do that. Right. right. Atlanta may always be Knox's biggest show. Who knows? Right, um, right, right. Just because of the amount of stuff you can take. But do you think that you'll – a go to DC again, and B, do you think next year you might try and sell? A, yes. B, definitely, maybe, but I'm not going to say definitively. Right. So I've I've had lots of talk talks, meetings, ideas thrown around. Um, I've had a lot of time to think myself while I'm traveling, and I've got some ideas I want to explore. And it does, it obviously involves Atlanta. It probably involves DC. And then, you know, it's just something we got, I have to figure out personally, and we have to figure out as a company as knock. Um, you know, it's, it's be too premature to say definitively anything. Um, certainly we'll be attending DC, uh, next year. Um, obviously Atlanta, um, is, is, is a no brainer. Um, and then, you know, as we go along, I'll share like what my thoughts are, um, in the big picture, um, you know, of, of what I envision, you know, pen shows to be for communities like ours. And I'd like to really do something very specific for that. Um, and you know, I have things I can't really share on the show and there's no plans imminent, but I just think there's going to be a lot of change, like in the next six months before we, a lot of discussion, not a lot of change, a lot of discussion in the next six months before we get into the next pen show season and trying to figure out, you know, how I want to be involved in it, how knock wants to be involved in it and how to get the community involved in it. So it was, this was a, this was an extraordinarily worthwhile trip um if just for like the meetings i had and um you know that was like the low point you know out of all of it you know you know shopping and seeing all all, all my friends um was clearly the high point but um to to have the low point be at such a high level you know it was a pretty awesome show well i'm gutted that i missed it i mean i'm i'm definitely going to make atlanta we'll see about dc next yep. year just uh, you know, just Atlanta's realize. one I'm not gonna miss, right? Because right, you know, so that, just, that makes just, more sense to me at least. The best way to leave it is everything that we done have done so far will be bigger and better the next time. Yeah, yeah, I like that. It's a good way to that's, put it. That's that. That's the place we're in right now. So 
lots of work to be done on on those type of things. So there, you know, there's no point in having discussions because you you don't even know this far in advance. But bigger and better will be the recurring theme. Sounds good to me. If you want to find our show notes for this week's episode, head on over to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 168. If you want to find Brad online, he is uh, at dowdyism on Twitter, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M. And you want to keep your eye on his Instagram feed and on the site over the next few days. So that's instagram.com slash penaddict and penaddict.com. Uh, you want to check those out because he's going to be posting and more pictures and writing about all the great stuff that you picked up over the last few days. So you get a bit more detail on that because I know I'm looking forward to seeing some pictures of some of this stuff. Plus, you've yeah. got to do the bong box folk proud, right? They want you to take pictures. You take pictures. <laughs> right. Oh, you take good pictures. I'm like, you, you know me. Pictures. So, yeah, and I probably took the least amount of pictures of, of the attendees at the show. So uh, I'll, I'll probably, I'll like I did for Atlanta, you know, I'll try to link to everyone's um pictures and write-ups recaps and all that um you know as we go through the week um it's probably not going to be tomorrow i am so far behind you know just on the day-to-day stuff with the blog but that's okay it was it was it was worth it to have the weekend that we had good stuff if you want to find me online being sad about not going to the pen show still <laughs> i am at imike on twitter i m y k e thanks so much yep. linda.com and pen chalet for sponsoring this week's episode did you want to say something brad yeah, I was going to tell everyone to go give Mike a virtual hug. Yeah, I need one. Uh, and uh, we'll be back next week for another episode of the Pan Podcast. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>